0: adele here and i am so excited everybody get your butt in here be here or be square because i have the incredible privilege and honor to interview cornell buntick he is an author he is a motivational speaker and you will not believe his life story so welcome to the show cornell Yay. Thank you
1: for having me. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, so there's so much to cover, Cornell, and I don't want to uh, take up your entire day. But for those of you who don't know you, I'm going to read your official bio. Yes, because you know I'm kind of like I wouldn't believe it if, but of course, you know, like, <laughs> so, this is a dude. I want to hear more about. You were framed. Yes, for a crime you did not commit. And thrown in maximum security prison or something like that. Yeah, yes. uh, Facing 30-some years for conspiracy. Can you just tell me all the stuff they threw at you? Uh,
1: So it was 16 felony charges, eight under conspiracy, eight under solicitating, uh, which led up to me facing 32 years to life in prison
0: oh my gosh yes. wow and you know i was like how did you get out it sounds like there was a defining moment which i want to hear more about as we interview <laughs> i want you because yes. you're not you're a writer from yes. the time you were a kid you the power of the pen has yes, saved yes. you yes, and now yes. you're you are saving others
1: yes, through
0: yes. your book so so he uh got out of maximum security prison on a, a trumped up charge, cleared his yes. name, you had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to clear your name. You're the father of four boys. Yes, yes. And um, since this, then you you died for 16 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, you came back to life. And oh, by the way, you wrote four books while you were locked up in prison and you've written maybe what, how many more since then?
1: I'm like 42
0: Oh my God. So, and some of them are bestsellers. There's one in particular, you have some children's books and you have the latest and greatest called uh, Escaping the Darkness Using Adversity to Find Purpose. And when I saw that title, I'm like, oh my God, who better to give the world some soul food. So if you're out there um, in perhaps a dark place, maybe, maybe you're not physically locked up. But I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, a lot of people, you don't have to be physically locked up to be in a To be locked up, yeah. Right. So listen to this man. Um, You've also written some children's books. Yes. You are working, your ministry is reaching people all over. Um, And let's see, from what I understand, you were born in Jamaica. Yes, then you yeah. went to Bristol, England. <laughs> was that where all the stuff happened, where you got locked up, or was that here back in Florida?
1: This was here in Florida, yes.
0: Oh, oh courtesy of the USA. Okay, so, well, I'm just going to, like it just is too amazing to me. And yeah. at the end of the day, I want to hear what is driving you at this point. I mean, your your life story is pretty amazing. Can, mm-hmm. how did you get to where you are maybe if you could take us it sounds like you grew up in jamaica eating sometimes not a whole lot there wasn't oh, much yeah, Man-
1: yeah.
0: i had a mango for breakfast today
1: yeah yeah, yeah
0: and you yeah. and you talk about how mango you had to eat the peels of
1: mango oh yeah yeah there was days when um we didn't have dinner and me and my brother we would go on the street and look for Mango peels because you know when people are eating mangoes, they'll peel the mango, they'll throw away the skin. That's what we would look for to eat. Wow. You know, it was it was that rough. That
0: was that, was it was so that rough. It Humble beginnings. Yes,
1: yeah, and I know yes, your yes. life
0: has been very up and down.
1: <laughs> yeah, up and down. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Can you share a little bit about just your background of sometimes there was a lot of material stuff? And sometimes there was absolutely nothing and everything in between.
1: So, you know, we had a lot of things when when we were much younger. When my dad and my mom were still married, everything was going well. We had bicycles. We had anything you can think of a kid need to just make their little life comfortable. We had it. And what we did, we would share it with the community. We would share it with the kids in the community. A lot of kids didn't have a bicycle, so we would... My little hustler mind, my little hustler mind pulled me into this space where I would charge them 20 cents for a bike ride. And, and, you know, everyone was okay with that because it was affordable. And so everyone got a chance to to take a ride on uh, my BMX bike you know that was a lot of fun the when the craziness started was when my mom and my dad decided to go separate ways and my dad decided to sell the house with us still living in it we had to move out in two weeks because the new owners came and told us hey you guys have to go so we had nowhere but you know i mean my mom was gonna get a one like a one bedroom like a one, I don't even know if I could call it a one bedroom. It was like a one room with the kitchen. Everything is in the one room, you Mm -hmm. know? And So, you know, we, it's like we went from a hundred to zero. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Were you the, where were you in, you had uh, siblings. So where were you in the?
1: I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest, Uh, yeah. I'm the oldest, the you know, delegator. You know, I, I, would, I used to delegate a lot. You know, we had a guy that lived three houses down from us. He had a plum tree. Mm-hmm. And I would delegate kids while I'm watching to go steal plums from this guy tree so we can have for lunch. Oh goodness. So, you know, a lot of the times We, you know, I mean, it was all fun, you know, but we, we, we had to survive. Mm -hmm. We had to figure out how to survive. And, And so we did that, you know, we, I mean, we figured out how to survive and, and we survived it. And one thing I, in my head, I was like, you know, once I'm done with school and I'm able to get out in the work world, my goal is to not, be back in this type of poverty mm-hmm. because you know the, the toilet was outside you know we had a kid fell in the toilet uh in that outside toilet so this there was the risk of whatever you know what that looked like you know and so uh, for me I was really motivated motivated to get to that level in my life where I didn't have to repeat a lot of those things that was really uh, traumatizing you know just it was rough yeah
0: yeah you know there's there's one thing to not have a lot of material things as a child there's another to feel poor you know and you know some people have both you know and some people have a lot and still feel poor yeah so
1: Yeah.
0: yeah and then um, you know, I was leadi- reading about, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Cornell grew up in um, Jamaica and then you moved to Pris- uh, Bristol. Bristol H- how old England. were you? Because your mom, your parents support, uh, separated and your mom had to live
1: with her yeah. sister
0: or something. Yeah.
1: It, yeah. So she, my, my grandma couldn't, um, she couldn't uh, keep all of us. So my mom's sister said, hey, I'll take care of him. And, um, you know, so I went to, to Bristol and, and that was beautiful. But, you know, I still mm-hmm. think of my brothers and sister and just wanted to re- re- reunite with them. Mm-hmm. But I've met people in that time where, like, I saw things, you know, like I saw this guy, he had all these Mercedes and I was like, you know, I, I want to have Mercedes when I grow up, you know, and sure. I was getting in that mindset, you know, sure. so... For me, you know, once my mom had some stability, I, you know, went back with her, you know, finished high school. Uh, I was te- I was a teacher. I liked it for maybe the first three months, and then I didn't like it. So my friends, uh, they said, hey, man, you know, there's this resort. Uh, they're looking for Bellman, and we know with your smile, your personality, you do great there. And you know, I went to the interview, and I just I was just excited to have the opportunity to to get an interview at a resort that the caliber that resort was at and the level of uh, uh, five star that it was, you know. And I was like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking I already got the job, so I'm smiling. And the lady that was interviewing me was so impressed with my smile. We barely had an interview. She was like, what is your size? And I told her my size. She said, when can you start working? I was like, right now. She said, "Okay, You start training today. I start training the very day I went there for the interview. So it was beautiful. (laughs) And I tell you.
0: You know, sometimes all it takes is just an opportunity, just the exposure to, you know, and and to be given that opportunity to see something new, learn something more about yourself. And yeah, maybe you're exposed to big stuff. And and I was very struck by the extremes of your story.
1: Yes. yes. You know,
0: everything from eating um, mangoes or mango peels, not even the whole mango in Jamaica, living in a nice house and then boom, you have to move and then, being exposed to big money from what I understand. I yes, mean, like yes. lots of money and oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> perhaps
0: not always in the most, you know, how do you say, you know? It, Notable way,
1: yeah, yeah. How did,
0: how did that impact you as a young man? I mean, was that seductive in some way?
1: You know, I would say it was uh, somewhat seductive in, in, in a way because, you know, when you have, when you have, and, you know, people say, you know, it's not all about money, but money do make things happen.
0: Sure.
1: Money do put you in spaces that if you don't have money, you definitely need someone that really have a liking to you that wants to show you some kindness. That's the only other way, you know. Or, But well, I know that the universe have a way to put you in spaces. And whatever that looks like, whatever that, journey or that lesson that you're supposed to take from the detail in that situation. I understand how the universe works when it comes to that. So for me, you know, it's really understanding what this looked like when I had it. How did I manage it? What did I do? You know, was I just having fun? And, you know, I I feel like a lot of that time in them spaces I didn't necessarily know what my why was. And because I didn't really know what my why was, I just wanted to have fun. I just wanted to, you know, be okay with the people around me. Didn't necessarily care that they weren't there for me, that they weren't really genuine. You know, I was just having fun, you know, and I had all these people, I had their attention and they were around me and, you know, we were having fun. And I think for me, that kind of just put this veil over my eye that kind of put me in a space to not really tap into what my purpose was. Mm. Say more,
0: say more on that. So,
1: so, this is so, half of the name of your new book, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was one of those things where, so when I got into hospitality, I was fascinated with just meeting new people every day. And what that looked like, their stories. How could I make their experience unforgettable or possibly extraordinary? You know, something that as memorable as they can come back and say, Where is Cornell? Like, you know, how can I have it? A... So for me, like, I, I wanted to challenge my, my, my mind and say, Okay, how can I be this guy that someone can meet me in two minutes? And that's all they get with me. But they remember me from just that two minutes. Even if they come back a year later, they're like, where's that guy, Cornell that we met? You know, and so that was how I had trained myself to really help people understand that I'm welcoming, you know, I'm I don't put judgment on no one. Like, you know, I'm showing you love everything. I'm smothering you with with love and everything, and I want you to understand I am here to help you experience something extraordinary, you know, whatever that looks like, until you say otherwise, you know, and so this was like the, the, the mind frame I was in, and money was just coming in from everywhere. I had all these different opportunities that was happening, and I was just I was taking it in, but at the time it was about me. It was just about me, the, how much fun I can have here, how much fun I can have with these girls, what that looks like, you know? So it was never really about how can I be more effective to my society or my community, you know? And so the mindset wasn't there yet. And so the universe, I think with the, the, where I was heading, I think the universe was just, you know, having me go along, but also putting little details here and there for me to see I wasn't paying attention to none of it. And so I had to go the extreme, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to get to where the universe is like, you know what? I literally have to remove you from society. Mm -hmm. And then I might get your attention. You know, and so
0: being locked up is one way to get someone's attention. I mean, oh, mo- I I'm oh, just most definitely. Wow. I mean, um, and of course, if you're watching everybody, uh, this is um, I'm, I'm interviewing Cornell Bunting. He's an amazing author, motivational speaker, and he has had a life of very high highs and very low lows and come out. Yes. The other one other end yes. to be writing amazing messages for people. Your yes. ability to communicate your you're in touch with your humanity the yes. power of the pen yes. is extraordinary. Yes. Um, so you were living life you weren't thinking too much about anyone else cuz you were you know just were going yeah. along and Right. I'm sure everyone wants to know how did you get set up and like what
1: happened? <laughs> so my my security company I was in the field as well. I wanted to meet different uh, clients see what they wanted, you know, try not to be as expensive as the other competitors. And so,
0: oh, you basically- Oh, you were the CEO of a security yes. company here in the U.S., in Florida. Yes, in Florida, okay. yes. You'd come yeah. back from England, okay.
1: Yes, so here I basically was, um, you know, I was getting a lot of contracts and and what that was doing, while i'm getting all the contracts and other security companies are not getting it it was upsetting other competitors Mm -hmm. and so what happened which you know i found out way later uh they paid one of the guys that worked for my company to undermine my company Mm -hmm. and so from there i had one guy that was working for me that was trying to create some type of case story to kind of make me look like um you know we were gonna do something 99 or 98 percent of you know what this story was that got me arrested was fabricated but the way it was done the cops they believed it and so you know and in the same time i was getting a lot of complaints from other employees like hey Something is wrong with this guy. You need to evaluate him, see where his head is at. If it's not aligned with what your vision is for this security company, maybe we have to part ways. And so I made that decision to you know, um, have that conversation with him with one of my newest uh, clients that I really wanted him at that location, but they didn't want him there. And it was that time when we were going to have this breakfast we got, we got pulled over, we got pulled over. Next thing you know, we getting arrested. Now we're sitting in jail under all these different crimes that apparently had happened and I'm lost. You know, I'm, I'm there and I said, you know what? I can't even say nothing because I don't even know what these people are gonna try to use against me. I have no idea what's going on. And so, you know, uh, be- everything was just so surreal. Like it was moving so fast. It was like three days before my birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was I in a Bentley car and I wanted to get it so bad. And I'm like, oh my goodness, none of that is gonna happen now. And so uh, from there, sitting in there, I didn't really, realize how real everything was until I went to the first appearance and they start calling out the charges and I'm like "That's." when I heard the charges I actually sat back down and they're like what are you doing I'm like well I, I was waiting to hear my uh, whatever I'm I'm um, I'm charged with they're like those are your charges you know and um I don't know, like stand up because you could be in contempt with court. You know, they're wording how they word that stuff. So that's when I realized it was real. And when they were just reading them off, I was like, my goodness, what is this? And so, you know, the good thing about that with how they painted a picture on me, tarnished my name, the media had that running for three days, it made me look good when I went into jail because I was going into the felony section of maximum security where all these guys that are there are normally serving two life sentence, three life sentence, some serious criminals, you know? And so when I got there, they in their mind, they're like, "Yo, here's a dangerous dude because you know, He was. He had body bag with him. He had zip ties because the media said all this stuff. Mind you, we had none of those things. And but they thought that I was a dangerous guy, and so I just used that to my advantage. So I got in there. I didn't get into no conflicts with anyone. And for the first three months, I was really bitter. I was bitter. I was angry. I didn't talk, and I just wanted to know what is going on, you know. And so. Really, when everything changed, it was this one day we saw a fly in the cell, like a fly flying around. Mm-hmm. We got excited. We were so excited about seeing the fly. We want no one to hurt the fly. We were watching the fly, and we we're like, there has to be a hole somewhere. And in my head, while I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know, there's hope it's like. A voice is saying there's hope you're gonna get out of here. I need you to pay attention to what I want to tell you. This is what I need you to understand. And it was literally there, like I just I calmed down, and like now all I wanted to do was read books. And I was I was reading like some some days I was reading two books in one day. I was just so tuned in to the books. But the first book I read that really put me on the path to help me understand what my purpose is was a book by Rick Warren uh, called A Purpose-Driven Life, mm-hmm. which was a devotion. <clears throat> and after I read that book, it's like the voice is now you can start writing. Because I already had that skill from high school. I used to write plays, drama. So I had the skill. I just didn't. With everything that had happened after I left high school, I wasn't focused on that. I didn't think nothing could happen from that. Like, you're not going to be effective as a writer, dude. You know, like, you know, the young mind of a 18-year-old and, and stuff like that. But, you know, now I'm all grown up. I got, at the time, I had three boys. I was a single dad. And my boys needed me. You know, every Friday they would come to visit me and I, you know, we would talk on the, the screen. And it was just, it was every time they leave, I was emotional because my youngest son would be like, dad, when are you coming home? And I'm, I've not, I don't know what to tell him. Cause I, I had no idea when I was gonna leave there. So when that moment happened with the fly and just things just start falling into place for me, it was like, I was free. And it was one of those things that just kind of helped me understand the way a lot of the guys behave that are in there. Because for a lot of people can be outside in the world but are trapped in their mind because there's so many things going on. They're just lost into it, stressed out and all that, don't know how to deal with it. What I realized there, you got guys that are there and they're more happy then people that are out here because they have understand, you know what, I might have messed up out there, but I have a second chance to really redeem myself for the universe, what that looks like, you know? And so it was beautiful. And for me, I was like, okay, now I need to get writing pads and I just need to start writing. My mind was like a popcorn machine. Things was just going everywhere. And I was like, okay, I need to put these stuff on paper but I didn't know what I was gonna do when I get out. What I did know, I wouldn't be fighting with them because one thing I learned, when you see a pig in a pen making noise in the mud, the pig is enjoying its mud. And you decide you wanna get irritated with that mud and go in that pen to fight with that pig to stop that pig. Now both you guys getting muddy. No, you don't like the mud, but guess who's still enjoying the mud? Pigs still enjoying the month. So I'm like, okay, Cornell, you're not going to go out there, fight with this system to get back this money and do all these things. You're just going to focus on this writing. You're going to focus on telling your story, telling your truth uh, to help other people understand it's not the end of the world when this happened. You know, All you have to do is acknowledge what message the universe is trying to throw at you And once you acknowledge that to the universe, I promise you the universe is gonna grant you what you want, but you have to show the universe you want it. And so for me, that was where I was, you know? And so, you know, it just got easy from there. And like maybe eight months in, it was almost like I knew when I was gonna get out.
0: Uh huh. This is amazing. And you're absolutely right. There are people who aren't locked up, who are feeling that, you know, that as if they were, and they're yeah. desperately, they need to know that there is a fly. You oh, know, yeah. you don't even know there's a fly. You don't even <laughs> expect to look for one. I mean, imagine <laughs> right. something as simple as a fly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just so moving and how that yes. that change can happen so simply so elegantly and you don't have to climb mount everest you don't have to have had <laughs> some you know it just boom and something moving you and yes. so you started to write if you've, you've um i i've i've read that you were you loved writing as a child never thought yes. you were gonna do anything with it yes. and these books started coming out even when you were still locked away yes and then uh, you know tell me about the day that this whole thing Got you out. I mean,
1: it's, it's really spectacular. So, so, so you know, when the day came, so what happened? Because we were going to pre-conference trial, we went to 13 pre-conference trial, and the state still couldn't come up with a case. They were still trying to build a case, still trying to build a case. So I think it was at the 12th pre-conference trial, they start lifting the hole off the box. Because the reason I was in there for so long, they had a hole on the bond, so I couldn't burn out. It wouldn't allow you because there's hole on the bond. So once the hole were lifted, it brought the, the value of the, the, the bond down to 365,000. And so I had to sell some stuff, come up with 10% of the 365,000 to burn out. But I knew that once I got out, I would need to be working with my attorney to just kind of, you know, help him understand days leading up to that day, why that, you know, could possibly happen, you know, the reason behind it and all that. So we, we figured it all out. We figured out it was very racial driven, you know, not to get into crazy detail about that, but we understood what we was up against. And we knew that it would take some strategic questioning to where you, cause you can question someone to where they answer a question, but then they want to justify why they answer the question that way. And that was really what got my um, accuser. That's how he told on himself. He literally answered, it was the same question that was the sixth question. It was just done in a strategic way that would put his, put him in this headspace where, you know, he didn't like the locations that I was putting him. He didn't like that I was black. He didn't like that I was so young. He didn't like all these different things that he didn't like. And then with him just complaining about all that stuff, my attorney said, How much did they pay you? And he said, How much they paid him. And then it was like it just hit him. Like, bro, you just told on yourself, bro. That was literally how the whole thing demolished. But to take you back to the day I got out, I decided I wanted to surprise my boys. And so what I did, I told my friend, you know, at the time I told her, let me get a big box. So they look like they're going to get a gift. And so, we, I was in the box, you know, cause I was so skinny. Oh, I was my. barely eating the food there. The food was terrible. Oh. And when I tell you, I probably ate the food there one day of the week, which was the day when we get chicken. Cause we only get chicken one day a week. The rest of the day is like, you getting like some type of potato with a bunch of water and it. it is so watery, it's like puree food. And you get like mushed out beans. When I, the food was just terrible. And so I barely eat the food because I was, I had canteen where I would, i be able, I was allowed to spend $50 for the week and I would get a bag of, you know, different chips and, you know, different stuff that you can munch on. That was literally what I lived off in there, but I lost so much weight. I think I, I might've gotten down to like maybe 198. And, um, so when I got out, I was able to go in this box and I was in the box and box was wrapped at the bow on it, all these things. My son, cause you know, I had my friend video in it while they came in. They were so excited to see the box, you know, they love gifts. So, and they're unwrapping the box. They're pulling everything out. And then they suddenly like daddy, like it was, it was just crazy. And the way they acted. It just got me so emotional, and I'm like, you know, boys, I am here. I want you boys to know that your dad is here. I am going nowhere, and you know, I want to show the universe how much I love the responsibility that the universe have given to me, which is my kids, and just show them how they can be the men that society would love to have them add in value, you know, and so. That day was it was beautiful, emotional day. But from there, and I was so now spending, was I was spending why? more time with them.
0: So was your why starting to come in at that point? Yeah, I imagine. My goodness, yes. how could it not? Yes.
1: yes.
0: And then, yes. of course, you know, you're out, and these trumped up charges have gone away. You're you're a free person with your boys again. And then the universe still throws you something. I'm like.
1: What you know, like? So, so and it's crazy because so, so what happened? So finally, I decided to put out Line with No Roar, which was line, a stu- that's yeah, a children's line, book, right? That yes, was your that's fir- a children's was, book.
0: Was that one yes. your your first children's book, or? That's
1: the, yes, that's the very first book. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's children's book, very first book. That book because I'm Leo, you know, I was born in July thirty first. I wanted to highlight the lion in me, but the lion in me didn't have a voice. I didn't have a voice because my voice was taken away and i wasn't I wasn't one of those individual that had a huge platform where I can use my platform to to be a voice. I didn't have that so what I wanted to to shed light with this children's story was about this lion cub that was born to this older lion couple that that was you know king and queen to a kingdom but because of their old age he had this deformness where he wouldn't have a voice he would need to travel through life understand his purpose and then once he understands his purpose he would get his voice he would get his roar
0: you know, I, I, I saw the trailer for that and yeah. I'm struck by how voice is an important part of a lot of people's yes. purpose. I mean, people think of purpose as, I don't know, I'm going to be an astronaut or, or whatever, but the ability to, to show up and say exactly who you are yes. and use your voice, that's yes. pretty powerful. And Oh, and- it is very powerful. You know, and it's until it's taken away or you didn't even know you had a voice. And then one day the lion starts roaring and that's a pretty huge day. Um, You know, I haven't read your children's book, but in your life, was there a defining moment where you started to roar?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so, okay. So when Lion with No Roar came out, it was about two months Lion with No Roar came out and there was... I think I was starting to see possibilities of things happening, you know, and, um, you know, because I, I had finished the, you know, the case, they had um, expunged uh, my record, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, what, you know, what those charges were and all that stuff. And um, I went to church with the family and we we're in church. And uh, we had this pastor came, uh, uh, Peter Haas, he came to to preach and a very funny guy. And they thought I fell out of my seat laughing. And when I was on the the ground, they noticed I wasn't moving. So, you know, of course they came over me, all that stuff. They realized that I died. I was gone. Do you remember that happening to you? Yeah. So what... (laughs) I was actually looking at my body. I so I was standing, looking at me on the ground, looking at these people trying to, you know, um, pump I mean, my chest with a machine to bring feel, me back. Did you feel off before that so,
0: moment, or so
1: I didn't? I didn't feel off before that moment. What happened? So when that was happening, I was trying to rush to my body. Actually, I rushed to my body to say, hey, I'm OK, I'm fine, you know, because I was wearing these pants that I was really fascinated with the pants, too, man. Uh, they were like, you know, really close fit on me and all this. And I knew the way they were looking looked like these people were going to damage a pants. So I was like, hey, I'm fine. But um, I fell through my body. I wow. fell through my body, everything, and I was trying to grip my body. I couldn't grip my body and, and I was getting irritated. and but then by the time I was trying to you know figure that out how to, you know maybe get to my body, I was in a room with a table, paper on the table, had a distorted face person, like how my hands are moving right now. That's how the guy faced was the whole time.
0: Did they ever determine what happened to you from a, you know, a scientific or medical perspective?
1: They call it cardiac arrhythmia. Oh, okay. So I guess uh, yeah, I wasn't giving my body enough rest. My heart just decided to go off track and just stop working.
0: And it stopped for sixteen minutes.
1: Sixteen minutes. They were getting ready to come out with the body bag to put me in the body bag. Uh, The pastor uh, Matt Keller, he said, "No, um, we're not letting him leave here in the body bag today. They could put him on the stretcher, all that stuff." And that was around the fifteen-minute mark. And then uh, you know when they came in about to come in, the, the guys you know with the stretcher and stuff they just heard me just come back to my body, just let out this crazy roar. And yeah, they took me to the hospital, you know, of course did operations. So now I have a defibrillator in my chest, you know, that just kinda uh, monitor me to not do too much, you know, don't go the extreme Cornell, you know, calm down. So, you know, that was what, but that was, when that happened and I came back, after everything was done at the hospital, you know, because I was already doing a few things with this book, some opportunities was arising to travel. And it wasn't, I think it was when I was in, in the UK. I was in uh, Elephant and Castle. And I was talking in, I, I don't want to say, maybe 180 kids or so. and. They, just the questions these kids were asking me and I was answering them. And they were really excited. Like when I tell you these kids were excited, I don't think any kid left out of there without an autograph. I remember kids were saying, I'm not going to wash my hand if you sign the autograph of my hand. It was beautiful. And it was like the voice was saying, this is where I need you to be. where I you're need going. You yeah this is where I you're mean, going yes
0: oh it, it's it's yeah i'm, I'm excited listening because you know when it's true everyone can feel it you know and it's yeah, it's yeah. such an exciting thing and yes. um so you've gone ahead and uh, written a couple others some of them were kids books some of them were yes. adult books you had one um there was one right before uh the latest uh escaping the
1: escaping a life sentence
0: life life sentence is that one where you're recounting all this other stuff and
1: yes so escaping a life sentence talked about when i died and when i was in jail for 10 months
0: how the the audience is going to want to know how did you lose your bitterness how did you not come out hardened full of hate and anger was it a process? was it just the fly? Did you have to do practices? Did you have to see a therapist? Everybody wants to know because you don't have to be locked away to have those feelings.
1: No, it was from the different books I was reading. Okay, It was, it was gathering information and basically listening, listening as well to mm-hmm. what was. So in my quiet time where I'm meditating, I'm listening to this and I've I call it the light, the light that had found me and was speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And it was how it was laying out things to me, like, you know, because if I put energy here, I'm not going to be able to have energy where I need to have the energy, you know? And so it was really helping me understand the defining moments, the moments where this is what, you're going to be doing so you need to put energy into this because if you put energy into this it's going to take away from that
0: i love that and and sometimes i secretly wonder if sometimes me myself and i if i'm not suffering enough yeah i can still stay there but there comes a point where you you have to like if you're hit if it goes to a place where nothing could be worse you know there is a certain surrender and maybe some of us just haven't had it bad enough yet. Right, We're right, still carrying right. this stuff around and we yeah. can learn from someone when you've had everything taken away,
1: your right. freedom,
0: your access to your children, your business, hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. your reputation, all these things. What else do you have left to, you know, it's, there's a sense of, yeah. you know, and then their freedom comes and yeah. people read about this, but it's the experience. Yeah that it is you know is. you can't talk about it you have to just go
1: there and you you have to yeah there so there comes a point in in everyone's life where they have to take a break on whatever is going on you know whatever is spinning around them because we're in a world now you know we we have a paradigm shift now and we're in a world now where marketing is huge where Everyone that's marketing want to capture someone somehow on something. And so you're always getting pulled in all these different directions. But the moment you show the universe, okay, I don't care about none of that. I want to know why am I here? What is my why? What is the reason I'm here for? What am I supposed to be contributing? Because we're all here for a reason every single one of us is here for a reason. We just have to acknowledge that, you know, and there was one point where I was talking to some youths and thing was not London. And I was asking them, where would they consider the richest place on earth? And they were, you know, throwing all these different places out, Moscow, you know, Hollywood, all these different places. And then I say, if I was to say the graveyard, what would you guys say? You know, and they're like, what? That don't even make sense. And I'm like, bro, if you think about it, all those minds that never figure out their purpose, that never, there there is so many talents that I've met even in jail. Guys that came back from prison. There's guys that can draw, sing. They can do all kinds of things. What I'm telling you, all these talents. And now you look at them and they're like, they're just waste away. And then you have all those talents as well that have made these bad decisions and possibly gotten their life taken away from them. You know, there's just all these different things that just kind of put in perspective, like because it takes so much patience for the, so the universe wants you to understand patience. It wants you to understand, show me how persistent you can be in this that I'm showing you that I want you to do. Now I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to pursue this. Now, what does that look like? For some people, the, the patients will get the best of them. And when one thing happens, you get knocked down, some people don't really wanna get back up because they don't wanna get knocked down again. But you have to get back up.
0: Yeah, people uh, just, they want it now. Mm-hmm. It needs to work the first time or maybe the second, otherwise I don't want to bother
1: no. or
0: uh, there, be- there better be a guarantee. Are you sure about this? I'm not doing yeah. this until you tell me. And the way of faith there is no, no such thing. How persistent yeah. is can you be? and yeah, we don't honor persistence nearly enough in this culture. Right. everything right. is quick and fast. is a glorified how fast can you go from zero to yeah million dollars, you know yeah. when, when we, yeah. we love the. The, the fast get rich quick uh, right. fantasy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's, 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 it's not what it is. And the universe, you know, while there's people that that's gonna happen for, if at some point in, and there's people that have gotten that opportunity and that have happened to, but at some point on that journey up they have acknowledged the details that was being thrown at them. And because they show the universe that the universe was, was able to just, okay, now I give you all this resource to do what you can do to spread this message, whatever that looks like. You know, and for some people, you know, they just want to enjoy what they're enjoying. And then, you know, next thing you know, they crash. Or then you have some people that are on their high peak, and then next thing you hear, suicide was committed and you're like what happened you know
0: right Right. and I always admire people who have had the full range of up very up and very down and the the wisdom that comes out the other end yeah you know it's the wisdom that's the most valuable not how much money you made or you know it's that's the that's the thing that inspires it sounds like you're very clear on your why Uh, I mean it just oozes out of you I know a lot of people are going to really enjoy this podcast and see themselves in your story like gosh I'm not even in prison but I I'm in a prison of my own mind I'm not nearly as persistent as I could be um you know and I don't know why I'm here so what would you suggest to people who really have no idea what their why is like I know I'm supposed to be here for like I because I get asked this a lot I think we all ask ourselves this flavor of question at some point if yes. they really have no idea why they're here, where would you suggest they start?
1: I would suggest they start on relaxing themselves or, or relaxing the mind. Allow those moments to come to you. Something that you, your inner being, your inner self is desiring you to do. Mm-hmm. And that could be pulling you out of your comfort zone. That could be pulling you out of a nine to five job that you are sure of the money that's coming, but really what you're pulled to do, it wants to put you in a space where you're gonna be uncomfortable for a little bit because a lot of times when our back's against the wall is when our stronger self comes out to help us from that. And I think also- yeah. <laughs> Yes, and I, I would say also is understanding the, our comfort level, the what that looks like, because that's where fear lives. Fear lives in your comfort place because it don't want you to go into something that's going to make you uncomfortable. That's why I try to not have you do it. And so you have to take that leap and jump, you know? And so whatever that looks like, that that calling, your inner self is going to tell you you know, I need you to be going to feeding these people. I need you to be going to speaking to these people. It's gonna I, tell you- I need you to write these books and <laughs> yeah. get it out on
0: Amazon yes. and deal with these publisher problems and, yes. and all this crap, yeah.
1: you know, keep going. It's, it's fine. And that's the thing where I told a lot of people, I said, Cornell, but you're not making a lot of money off these books. So why you keep putting out books? And I'm like, listen, that's gonna happen when it happens. Right now, while my popcorn machine is still working, I got to get these messages done. You know, and whether I have a few publishers that's going to take a chunk of my money and I get a small of it, it's okay because my message is still getting out there. You know, I'm not even concerned about that. I just want my message to get out there. What does that look like?
0: So take us to your latest one, because I'm going to do everything I can to help promote your books because I just love this. Escaping the darkness, using is this kind of the, the message behind your latest book?
1: Yes, so escaping the darkness, using adversity to find purpose. The reason this book is out now is because of what escaping a life sentence was doing. It went number one twice. and uh, I had that momentum going. People were like, well, you know, it's a memoir, Cornell. We understand all these things that happened to you. We understand you had a relationship situation that just kind of put you in a crazy place and you're trying to think if that was what put you there. But what does this look like for you going through these adversities and how did you use that to find the purpose?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, what now?
1: Yes, you know. Now that you have this wisdom, yes,
0: I think everyone's been in a situation where you're about to do something stupid, you know, because your state is off. And no, just just take a breath.
1: Right. And
0: this book can be a tool. Uh, Yes. A friend, someone there from the grace of God can keep you from just making a mistake and coming back to yourself. So. I am excited to read this book. Where can people get this book?
1: So, people can get this book on my website, cornellbunting.com. They can also find it on Amazon. Uh, I know uh, because it's still new, one of the things we're going to be doing here is getting in, a, in as much stores as possible. So, we're working on that right now. And, uh, you know, we're getting ready to do like a flood all the bookstores in Jamaica. Uh, Barnes & Noble already have one of the book. This is the sequel to the one Barnes & Noble have. So we're going to try to get this one and Barnes & Noble as well. And just wherever I can get it to get into people's hands. Because it's it's a tool. It's 10 chapters that talks about adversity and purpose. And then there's 10 lessons that help individuals to understand just how adversity help you to identify different moving parts that allow you to understand what your purpose look like.
0: I love that because I think people sometimes when they're looking for their purpose, it's a, this abstract thing. Right. Your, your purpose is wrapped up in the thing that's causing you a lot of annoyance that you're right. moving through. Right. Um, I think people just haven't thought of it that way. They think it's right. their natural born gift, which it is. Or, you know, God is going to come down and tell you that you're going to be a botanist or something like that. But let's say, let's say you struggle with relationships, right? You know, maybe you've always been socially awkward or anxious. Maybe your purpose is through that adversity of, you know, shyness or social anxiety. Your purpose is to go there and share what you've has worked for you with others that might be on the same path. Locked most in her definitely own prison, you know, yeah, like really, looking yeah.
1: for the fly. Right. Yeah, most definitely. And you know, I always tell people that if JK Rollins didn't go through the adversity she was going through and believe in her magical story the way she had wrote it, and not allowing all the different publishers I was telling her that doesn't make no sense. That's not going anywhere. She didn't make none of that get to her because in her adversity, she had found her purpose and all she had to do was being persistent.
0: I and, love that. Yeah. Because that means everyone has a purpose. It's wrapped up with something that you're struggling with. Yeah. Like I said, people is. tend to think it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, that yeah. it's something no. easy and fluffy and. No, like,
1: no, no. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no
0: and it's in the troubling times yeah and oftentimes people with the greatest burden the greatest pain um have a lot to offer
1: yes yes and,
0: and in fact i believe that people whose lives are too easy yes. you know if you've never had adversity it's very difficult to find your purpose wouldn't you agree right.
1: oh most definitely most definitely i just feel like you know if they, so there is individuals that have not gone through a lot of adversity but are so relaxed with the universe where they have allowed themselves to pay attention to detail. You have to pay attention to detail. It's the only way because we're here to grow. Me at age 50 is way better than me right now at where I'm at. And all I wanna do is get to me at age 50. I wanna know, I want some of that knowledge that age 50 have because that's 50 years of, of knowledge that I don't have yet. But I have to go through the process. I can't skip the process. People want so, a pill. <laughs> right, you know, so it's what it is. You have to go through it. You have to pay attention to detail as you're going through it. You know, it's just like if you're going somewhere, you go into a destination, There's many different paths to get there. You can drive a bunch of different places uh, to get to that, but you have to pay attention because if you don't, you're gonna pass
0: What would be a detail, an example of a detail? Because for people listening, they're like, okay, what's a detail? What would be an example?
1: So details is literally, so detail come at you like this. Cornell, you can tune out that noise and listen to, what your heart is telling you. You have a gift to write. So instead of you trying to run out here and trying to be a security to all these different people, why not tap into what that looks like as a writer? So like, I could see something saying, write a note to yourself. There's There could be like a sign, you know, that's so details come at you sometime in numbers, come at you people trying to talk to you. It could be someone that's someone that's homeless, but because I'm looking at that person as a homeless person, I'm not necessarily listening to what that person said and I'm not trying to take what that person say with any value to it because I am judging that person and I'm not gonna put any value on what that person is saying to me. But the universe have a way to give the yeah. detail to that person, for you to take from that person, make sense from what that looks like, put it, you know, connect the dots. And this is how it comes it comes in, in crazy ways. It, you could go to a store and buy something at the, the store, and the guy says something to you. But because you just hear it and just walk out, you didn't really let it stay with you. You left that detail. You didn't pay attention to that.
0: The Synchronicities.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's the magic of the moment. And it only means no one can tell you, you know, no one can tell you what only you can make sense of the details. So someone else would say, what does that mean? And you're like, oh, my God, I just got a sign, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh my
0: gosh. Cornell, this has been awesome. I am so excited with this conversation. I know a lot of people will enjoy it. We could be talking all day and I know <laughs> you've got other things to do. So yes. I'm going to be putting your website information about your book in a show notes
1: Lovely. for everybody.
0: Lovely. Or repeat your website, uh, Cornell. Cor- Bunting,
1: cornellbunting.com
0: dot com, and yes. the latest book, Escaping the Darkness. Um, using, using adversity,
1: adversity on purpose, purpose. Yes. you can just
0: order it online yes it's not in the stores yet but it's online
1: yes it's online it will be in the stores soon so you look out for it
0: awesome oh this has been wonderful well thank you so much for your time
1: thank and you for having um me. i
0: feel inspired <laughs> so I feel lit. So that's that's really why I do these. Is because yes. primarily for me, and also because if I'm enjoying it, I think others will too.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So love, and you're awesome.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. All right, <laughs> see you next time.